Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames et messieurs, it is Sunday, the third day in the month of March in the year 2019, and you're now listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio. I'm your hostess, Sandra London of Playtime with Sandra Radio and livinggrind.com, broadcasting for you live 
from the sunny beaches of Southern California. Playtime is available to you via Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Digital, digital Podcast, New Groove and Rhythms, a.k.a. Naked Girls Radio, um, and on livinggrand.com. Uh, the song you just heard at the top of the hour was called um, I choose Rock Down This Place by Helen the Club. Uh, there are 303 days left in the year, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, let me give you another song. I was able to upload a couple new songs as well. Um, I'll play those momentarily. Uh, and I'll try to find... I was starting to save little clippings of interesting like articles and stuff throughout the past week. And I did, but I had to do so much micromanaging of other different things and moving paperwork around and la, la, la. Yeah. Some of you know how it goes. So, yeah. But um, I will give you a song in the meantime. There's plenty here in store. The call-in number is 858-815-2333. Once again, 858-815-2333. And the line is available to listeners and guests throughout the broadcast. We should be having a one-hour show, so until 10 p.m. Pacific time. It may go a bit longer than that. It may not, but it will be until at least 10 p.m. Pacific time this evening. Now, where is that song <laughs> that's going to do next? Hold on. It is, let's do, let's do Marilyn Monroe Music by Jordan Sinclair, and I'll be right back with you. How long do you think you'll be at the top, I wonder? Um, at the top isn't so important. Uh, after you got what you want, did you want it? Well... Never said we was the best, we just learned like it The presence deceives you, man the game don't need y'all niggas I'm 22 trying to change the world, tell me nigga what you do today The rap game a mess, I'm trying to clean what's left I bench arm and chest, the pressure on me For the life I refuse to lose, nigga pay his dues Every day I'm dreaming about this music nigga It's the love I felt, you know my card's been dealt A young nigga, I'm just playing my hand if you were smart, you would throw a couple bands Cause the man headed to the promised land, no lie Everything fly, crazy how a young boy used to be shy Knew I had skills, just didn't know why How you stay grounded when your goal's in the sky Tell me how you live when the laws don't apply Man, they want me nine to five in a shirt and tie Work my ass off just to get old and die I'm looking at y'all like, why? This the type of feeling niggas get from the pipe Except I give it to you from a mic Respect y'all shine, but I'm a different kind of bright These labels losing money, tell them I show them the light I've been addicted to the culture You an act, nigga, I'm real rap Sing good on any beat and go Iraq I'm a fucking star, that's a fact But I don't need rap music just to tell me that As long as my mama said, maybe Obama said Till then, I'ma kill all of the contemplating and live life Tomorrow's money starts tonight, my nigga, get it right Do you miss your anonymity? Do you miss being able to go out and, and not be recognized and go places uh, So that, uh, as it used to be before you became famous So no one would pay any attention to you except I'll tell you
hit that hoe. Bitch tried to run her mouth and her lips got swole. Uh, yeah, that's a chick I know. Fat ass, big tits, and some sick ass dough. Funky little attitude, so that shit must go. But I can make a toes curl, show the clip it's roll. Uh, I'm the shit and it shows. Belligerent, independent, I'm a prick that flows. In some hipster clothes, they used to call me white boy, now I fit the mold. That's some bullshit Niggas do whatever the TV say Me, I invent the show Now excuse me for a moment while I clap for myself Met the devil last month and I asked him for help Now excuse me for a moment while I clap for myself Met the devil last month and I asked him for help
And we're back. You're listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio, and I'm your host, Sandra London of LivingGrind.com. Uh, the songs you just heard were Marilyn Monroe Music by Jordan Sinclair, Devil's Beverage by Lonely Hearts Blues Band, Met the Devil by Kyle Young, uh, and The Secret Garden by Barbarics. Woohoo! Alrighty. Let me give you one of those new songs I just uploaded real fast, um, and I'll be right back with you. I don't know why my mind is drawing a blank right now. I was going to say something really cool, maybe, but I can't swear to that because I don't remember what it was. <laughs> It'll come back to me, I hope. Knock on wood. Somewhere. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna play one of the new songs that I uploaded. Um, it's new to my Blog Talk Radio Studio, not necessarily new to me, but I had yet to upload it until this very day um, onto Blog Talk. So I hope you like it. It's called State of uh, Juanabara by Boss Baby.
Okay, today is Sunday, I mean, oops, Thursday, <laughs> Thanksgiving, and we're about to do accent tag based off the accent tag that's on uh, YouTube for everybody to share how they say certain words. I'll start out, and I have two other people who will be joining me and sharing what they believe these words to spell. No. <laughs> okay, aunt. 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 Ruth. Roof. Ruth. Route. Root. Route. Oil. 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 Theater. 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 Iron. 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 Salmon. 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 Caramel. 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 Fire. 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 Water. 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 Sure. 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 Data. 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 Ruin. 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 Canyon. 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 New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Pecan. 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 Both. 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 Probably. 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 Spitting image. Spitting image. Spitting image. Lawyer. 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 Alabama. 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 Coupon. 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 <laughs> May mayonnaise. 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 Syrup. 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 Pajamas. 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 Cot. 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 Naturally. 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 Aluminum. 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 Envelope. 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 Emu. 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 Ew. <laughs> Voila. We are done. Join in and share how you say those words. Write them down like I did. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>
Playtime with Sandra Radio, and I'm your hostess, Sandra London of LivingGrind.com. The songs you just heard were State of Guanabara by Boss Bass, um, a voice clip 78 accent tag featuring yours truly, Sandra London of Living Grind, uh, and two of my friends, and Nowhere by Raina Rose, and lastly, 
Sun is Shining by the Dub Legions. We call on number is 858-815-2333. Once again, 858-815-2333. And now for another new song, <laughs> I will play Reaching Out to the Air. Uh, Speed is King by the Stag Knights here on Holy Thomas Contra Radio. Here you are. Jack Kerouac, recorded by Sandra London, June 17th, 2015. Part 1. I first met Dean not long after my wife and I split up. I had just gotten over a serious illness that I won't bother to talk about, except that it had something to do with the miserably weary split up and my feelings that everything was dead. With the coming of Dean Moriarty began the part of my life you could call my life on the road. Before that, I'd often dreamed of going west to see the country, always vaguely planning and never taking off. Dean is the perfect guy for the road because he actually was born on the road when his parents were passing through Salt Lake City in 1926 in a jalopy on the way to Los Angeles. First reports of him came to me through Chad King, who'd shown me a few letters from him written in a New Mexico reform school. 
I was tremendously interested in the letters because they so naively and sweetly asked Chad to teach him all about Nietzsche and all the wonderful intellectual things that Chad knew. At one point, Carlo and I talked about the letters and wondered if we would ever meet the strange Dean Moriarty. This is all far back, when Dean was not the way he is today, when he was a young jail kid shrouded in mystery. The news came that Dean was out of reform school and was coming to New York for the first time. Also, there was talk that he had just married a girl called Mary Lou. One day, I was hanging around the campus and Chad and Tim Gray told me Dean was staying in a cold water pad in East Harlem, the Spanish Harlem. Dean had arrived the night before, the first time in New York, with this beautiful little sharp chick, Mary Lou. They got off the Greyhound bus at 50th Street and cut around the corner looking for a place to eat and went right in Hector's. And since then, Hector's cafeteria has always been a big symbol of New York for Dean. They spent money on beautiful big glazed cakes and cream puffs. All this time, Dean was telling Mary Lou things like this. Now, darling, here we're in New York, and although I haven't quite told you everything that I was thinking about when we could cross Missouri, and especially at the point when we passed the Boonville Reformatory, which reminded me of my jail problem, it is absolutely necessary now to postpone all those leftover things concerning our personal love things, and at once began thinking of specific work-life plans, and so on in the way that he had in those early days. I went to the cold water flat with the boys, and Dean came to the door in his shorts. Mary Lou was jumping off the couch. Dean had dispatched the occupant of the apartment to the kitchen, probably to make coffee, while he proceeded with his love problems. For him, for to him, sex was the one and only wholly an important thing in life, although he had to sweat and curse to make a living and so on. You saw that in the way he stood, bobbing his head, always looking down, nodding like a young boxer to instructions to make you think he was listening to every word, throwing in a thousand yeses and that's right. My first impression of Dean was of a young Gene Autry, trim, thin-hipped, blue-eyed, with a real Oklahoma accent, a sideburned hero of the snowy west. In fact, he'd just been working on a ranch, Ed Walls, in Colorado, before marrying Mary Lou and coming east. Mary Lou was a pretty blonde with immense ringlets of hair like a sea of golden tresses. She sat there on the edge of the couch with her hands hanging in her, her lap and her smoky blue country eyes fixed in a wide stare because she was in an evil gray New York pad that she'd heard about back west and waiting like a long-bodied, emaciated, modigliani surrealist woman in a serious room. But outside of being a sweet little girl, she was awfully dumb and capable of doing horrible things. That night, we all drank beer and pulled wrists and talked till dawn. And in the morning, while we sat around, dumbly smoking butts from ashtrays in the gray light of gloomy day, Dean got up nervously, paced around, thinking, and decided the thing to do was to have Mary Lou make breakfast and sweep the floor. In other words, we've got to get on the, on the ball, darling, what I'm saying. Otherwise, it'll be fluctuating and lack true knowledge or crystallization of our plans. Then I went away. <clears throat> During the following week, he confided in Chad King that he absolutely had to learn how to write from him. Chad said I was a writer and he could come to me for advice. Meanwhile, Dean had gotten a job in a parking lot 
had a fight with Mary Lou in their Hoboken apartment. God knows why they were there. And she was so mad and so down deep vindictive that she reported to the police some false trumped up hysterical crazy charge and Dean had to land from Hoboken. So he had no place to live. He came right out to Patterson, New Jersey, where I was living with my aunt. And one night while I was studying there, it was a knock on the door. And there was Dean bowing, shuffling obsequiously in the dark of the hall and saying, Hello, you remember me, Dean Moriarty? I've come to ask you to show me how to write. And where's Mary Lou, I asked. And Dean said she'd apparently hoard a few dollars together and gone back to Denver. The whore. So we went out to have a few beers because we couldn't talk like we wanted to talk in front of my aunt, who sat in the living room reading her paper. She took one look at Dean and decided that he was a madman. In the bar, I told Dean, Hell, man, I know very well you didn't come to me only to want to become a writer. And after all, what do I really know about it except you've got to stick to it with the energy of a Benny addict? And he said, yes, of course, I know exactly what you mean. And in fact, all those problems have occurred to me. But the thing that I want is a realization of those factors. That's one to depend on Schopenhauer's dichotomy for any inwardly realized and so on in that way, things I understood not a bit, and he himself didn't. In those days, he really didn't know what he was talking about. That is to say, he was a young jail kid, all hung up on the wonderful possibilities of becoming a real intellectual, and liked to talk in the tone and using the words, but in a jumbled way that he had heard from real intellectuals. Although, mind you, he wasn't so naive as that in all other things. And it took him just a few months with Carlo Marx to become completely in there with all the terms and jargon. Nonetheless, we understood each other on other levels of madness. And I agreed that he could stay at my house till he found a job. And furthermore, we agreed to go out west sometime. That was the winter of 1947. One night, when Dean ate supper at my house, he already had the parking lot job in New York. He leaned over my shoulders as I typed rapidly away and said, come on, man, those girls won't wait, make it fast. I said, hold on just a minute, I'll be right with you as soon as I finish this chapter, and it was one of the best chapters in the book. Then I dressed and off we flew to New York to meet some girls. As we rode in the bus, in this weird phosphorescent void of the Lincoln Tunnel, we leaned on each other with fingers waving and yelled and talked excitedly as I was beginning to get the bug, like Dean. He was simply a youth tremendously excited with life, and though he was a con man, he was only conning because he wanted so much to live and to get involved with people who would otherwise pay no attention to him. He was conning me, and I knew it, for room and board and how to write, etc. And he knew, I knew, this has been the basis of our relationship, but I didn't care about how we got along, or I didn't care, and we got along fine. No pestering, no catering. We tiptoed around each other like heartbreaking new friends. I began to learn from him as much as he probably learned from me. As far as my work was concerned, he said, Go ahead. Everything you do is great. He watched over my shoulder as I wrote stories, yelling, Yes, that's right. Wow. Man. And whew. And wiped his face with his handkerchief. Man, wow, there's so many things to do, so many things to write. How to even begin to get it all down? And without modified restraints, I'm all hung up on, like, literary inhibitions and grammatical fears. <laughs> That's right, man. Now you're talking. 
and a kind of holy lightning I saw flashing from his excitement and his visions, which he described so torrentially that people on buses looked around to see the overexcited night. In the West, he'd spent a third of his time in the pool hall, a third in jail, and a third in the public library. They'd see him rushing eagerly down the winter streets, bareheaded, carrying books to the pool hall, or climbing trees to get into the attics of buddies where he spent days reading or hiding from the law. We went to New York. I forget what the situation was. Two colored girls. There were no girls there. They were supposed to meet him at a diner and didn't show up. We went to his parking lot where he had a few things to do, change his clothes in the shack and back, and spruce up a bit in front of a cracked mirror and so on. And then we took off. And that was the night Dean met Carlo Marx. A tremendous thing happened when Dean met Carlo Marx. Two keen minds that they are, they took to each other at the drop of a hat. Two piercing eyes glanced into two piercing eyes, the holy con man with the shiny mind and the sorrowful poetic con man with the dark mind that is Carlo Marx. From that moment on, I saw very little of Dean, and I was a little sorry, too. Their energies met head on. I was a lout compared. I couldn't keep up with them. The whole mad swirl of everything that was to come began then. It would mix up all my friends and all I had left of my family and a big dust cloud over the American night. Carlo told him of old bully, Elmer Hassel, Jane, Lee in Texas growing weed, Hassel on Rikers Island, Jane wandering on Times Square in a Benzedrine hallucination with her baby girl in her arms and ending up in Bellevue, and Dean told Carlo of unknown people in the West like Tommy Sharp, the club-footed pool hall rotation chart and card player and queer saint. He told him of Roy Johnson, Big Ed Dunkel, his boyhood buddies, his street buddies, his innumerable girls and sex parties and pornographic pictures, his heroes, heroines, adventures. They rushed down the street together, digging everything in the early way they had, which later became so much sadder, perceptive, and blank. But then they danced down the streets like dingledodies, and I shambled after, as I've been doing all my life after people who interest me. Because the only people for me are the mad ones, the ones who are mad to live, mad to talk, mad to be saved, desirous of everything at the same time, the ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing, but burn, 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 like fabulous yellow Roman candles exploding like spiders across the stars. And then in the middle, you see the blue center light pop, and everybody goes, aww. What if they call such young people in ghost go- in- <laughs> Germany? Wanting dearly to learn how to write like Carlo, the first thing you know, Dean was attacking him with a great amorous soul such as only a con man can have. Now, Carlo, let me speak. Here's what I'm saying. I didn't see them for about two weeks, during which time they cemented their relationship to fiendish all-day, all-night talk proportions. And then came spring, the great time of traveling, and everybody in the scattered gang was getting ready to take one trip or another. I was busily at work on my novel, and when I came to the halfway mark after a trip down south with my aunt to visit my brother Rocco, I got ready to travel west for the very first time. Dean had already left. Carlo and I saw him off at 34th Street Greyhound Station. Upstairs, they had a place where you could make pictures for a quarter. Carlo took off his glasses and looked sinister. Dean made a profile shot and looked coyly around. I took a straight picture that made me look like a 30-year-old Italian who'd kill anybody who said anything against his mother. This picture, Carlo and Dean 
neatly cut down the middle with a razor and saved a half each in their wallets. Dean was wearing a real Western business suit for his big trip back to Denver. He'd finished his first fling in New York. I say fling, but he only worked like a dog in parking lots. The most fantastic parking lot attendant in the world. He came back a car 40 miles an hour into a tight squeeze and stop at the wall, jump out, race among fenders, leap into another car, circle at 50 miles an hour in a narrow space, back swiftly into a tight spot, hump, snap the car with the emergency so that you see it bounce as he flies out, then clear to the ticket shack, spring like a track star, hand a ticket, leap into a newly arrived car before the owners half out, leap literally under him as he steps out, start the car with the door flapping, and roar off to the next available spot, arc, pop in, brake, out, run. Working like that without pause, eight hours a night, evening rush hours and after theater rush hours, in greasy wino pants with a frayed fur-lined jacket and beat shoes that flat. Now he'd bought a new suit to go back in. Blue with pencil stripes, vest and all, $11 on 3rd Avenue, with a watch and watch chain and a portable typewriter with which he was going to start writing in a Denver rooming house as soon as he got a job there. We had a farewell meal of Franks and Beans, and a 7th Avenue Rikers, and then Dean got on the bus that said Chicago and roared off into the night. There went our Wrangler. I promised myself to go the same way when spring really bloomed and opened up the land. And this was really the way that my whole road experience began, and the things that were to come are too fantastic not to tell. Yes, and it wasn't only because I was a writer and needed new experiences that I wanted to know Dean more and because my life hanging around the campus had reached the completion of its cycle and was stultified, but because somehow, in spite of our difference in character, he reminded me of some long-lost brother. The sight of his suffering, bony face with the long sideburns and a straining, muscular, sweating neck made me remember my boyhood and those dye dumps and swim holes and riversides of Peterson and the Passaic. His dirty work clothes clung to him so gracefully as though he couldn't buy a better fit from a custom tailor, but only earn it from the natural tailor of natural joy, as Dean had, and his dresses. And in his excited way of speaking, I heard again the voices of old companions and brothers under the bridge, among the motorcycles, along the wash line neighborhood, and drowsy doorsteps of afternoon, where boys played guitar, guitars while their older brothers worked in the mills. All my other current friends were intellectuals. Chad, the Nietzschean anthropologist, Carlo Marx in his nutty, surrealist, low-voiced, serious, staring talk, old Bull Lee in his critical, anti-everything drawl, or else they were slinking criminals like Elmer Hassel with that hit sneer, Jane Lee, the same sprawled on the oriental cover of her couch, sniffing at the New Yorker. But Dean's intelligence was every bit as formal and shining and complete without the tedious intellectualness and his criminality was not something that sulked and sneered. It was a wild, yeah, saying overburst of American joy. It was western, the west wind, an ode from the plains, something new, long prophesied, long a-coming. He only stole cars for joy rides. Besides, all my New York friends were in the negative, nightmare position of putting down society and giving their tired, bookish, or political, or psychoanalytical reasons but Dean just raced in society, eager for bread and love. He didn't care one way or the other. So long as I can get that little gal, that little something down there between her legs, boy, and so long as we can eat, son, you hear me? I'm hungry. I'm starving. Let's eat right now. And off we'd rush to eat 
or of, as said, saith Ecclesiastes, it is your portion under the sun, a western kinsman of the sun dean. Although my aunt warned me that he would get me in trouble, I could hear a new call and see a new horizon and believe it at my young age. And a little bit of trouble, or even Dean's eventual rejection of me as a buddy, putting me down as he would later on starving sidewalks and sick beds. What did it matter? I was a young writer, and I wanted to take off. Somewhere along the line, I knew there'd be girls, visions, everything. Somewhere along the line, the pearl would be handed to me. Abril, April, Assemblea, Assembly, Automobile, Automobile, Billion, Billion, Confort, Comfort, Courage, Courage, Coronel, Colonel, Emphasis, Emphasis, Espionaje, espionage, etc., etc. Femenino, feminine. Jirafa, giraffe. Glaciar, glacier. Gobernar, gobierno. Governor, government. Gravedad, gravity. Huracán, hurricane. Iraq, Iraq, jamón, ham, jeroglífico, hieroglyphics, honron, honron, home run, lenguaje, language, mensaje, message, millón, million, siniestro, Sinister, tamal, tamale, basco, basque, vainilla, vanilla, xenophobia, xenophobia, xela, Guatemala. Now that's better, baby. Why don't we sing a song to help pass the time? Hmm? Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. 